We are back with Life on the Skids. Today, uh, Mary Margaret and I, uh, we have one of our really good friends here, and um, she's going to be our first guest, so uh, we're excited you wanna, about that. Can we use your name, your first name? Or should we, oh, and should we her, give her a, like a, ooh, like a code name? A pseudonym name? Ooh, that Would you like fun. that? What's my name in the skit? <laughs> oh, in the screenplay? Yeah. yeah what was her name in that? Wasn't it Joanne? No, it wasn't Joanne. Hannah? 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 No, no, I think we changed it from Hannah because I cannot remember. I can't remember either. Kate? I always love that name. That was my name. In no, the... that was her name. That's why she got um, We could call her American Spirit. Yeah. her favorite thing in the world or just yellow <laughs> yellow <laughs> no so this is one of our best friends and today um we thought we were over here it's morning time we're drinking coffee and just shooting the shit like we do a lot of times on our weekends without children mm -hmm. because american spirit is also going through a divorce and um, Misery loves company. Yeah. So we all get together. And so it just so happens the universe put us all on the same kid schedule. Or maybe, did you do that on purpose? Did you orchestrate that? No, it worked out because of the other kid schedule. Oh, okay. Wow. So it was just part of it. That's pretty awesome. Um, but would you, so Meredith and I have been thinking a lot about bringing in other people guests and you're our first guest pretty much and um we wanted to you to talk you going through an interesting ordeal where that is somewhat uh is very relevant to what's going on right now in the world with covid and you've been seeing someone who now is kind of we could classify as agoraphobic definitely i think he Passes agoraphobic. How what would you how would you describe his fear, anxiety, etc. before the COVID? Yeah. Okay. So, as a person that has some of my own OCD tendencies and anxiety, and family with OCD, it was very, very, very obvious to me the very first time we hung out that he had some OCD tendencies. Right. You know, men that actually hang up their t-shirts. And iron them? Doesn't he iron them? He didn't iron them. <laughs> okay. okay. He didn't iron them. But I just noticed that everything kind of had a system that, you know, if if I was there and the towels were done in the dryer, of course, all white towels. Right. So he would bleach them. That he would need to fold them. Right away. Right away. It's like, can't you just sit down and finish our vodka soda together before you go, go for right. the towels. Or that he micromanaged the way you made his drink. Well, yeah. And got upset. when He you... was very, very particular about teaching me Ooh. how to make <laughs> his drinks, but also how to oh, make like my that. own so that they were not too strong. And he, you know, how, how it would look in a tall glass and where oh, it would come up to God. and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so it was, he... You already saw. I saw a lot of that yeah. early on and, and definitely some paranoia because of going through a divorce and right. him <clears throat> not really wanting to be, we'll call it any town. Any yeah, town. we call it small coastal community. Any town. Yeah. We live is not tiny, but 
there's just so many. There's like two degrees of separation. There are two degrees of separation versus three degrees of separation. So, you know, I think that I chopped that up to somewhat normal a level of paranoia. But he always had something. But remember how he wouldn't text you on your phone? He would only contact you through Facebook Messenger? Because he didn't seem to believe... He didn't seem to believe that I had my own phone account. So I think that he was concerned. Uh-huh. You know, he, and, and. But usually it's the woman who takes on these. You know what I mean? Or maybe that's stereotyping, but I'm just saying it seemed to us that he always had some, some sort of barrier, some sort right. of like I wouldn't worry. call it a barrier i would say he had to do everything on his own timing it had to be his idea he couldn't be pressured to do it everything had to be his own you know right okay so let's talk about the situation at hand how long has it been since you've seen your lover what's today's date the 13th the 13th, the 13th of june it has been officially three months and two days oh my god and obviously, and it, yeah. we had the most amazing night, the night we hung out. Which was March, 11th that would be 11th or so. Okay, right before the world went to shit. That was when all of a sudden we weren't talking like this was just a China thing. All of a sudden, everything blew up in New York mm-hmm. and it happened so fast. Yeah, remember we went out, we all went out that Wednesday night and we were like, Oh my God. Yeah. This, this could be the last time. <laughs> and then it, the next day, like Disney world shut down. Yeah. It was schools. Yeah. It was everything. So it happened to be that all of these recommendations they started making before they even shut it down, you know, don't go in big crowds, mm-hmm. whatever. We had this birthday party to go to at, the bounce house place. And I didn't feel 100% comfortable because at that point they were really like coming in and I was supposed to see him the Sunday night of that weekend. Mm -hmm. And he started reading the news and then I had gone to that birthday party with a lot of children Mm. and it was straight up. What did he say to you? I think maybe we just need to like not do Sunday night and kind of see what's how it all unfolds. How it all unfolds. Cause he was afraid of your kids. It, he was a, yeah. Because you were having contact with kids. Which is weird because kids don't even get COVID typically. But they, they're saying that the kids can spread it. Like they can be mm-hmm. asymptomatic and that kids can, or that's, that's what, that's what that was the reason. Now they're saying that if you're under the age of 10, mm-hmm. that they are finding that children, just don't get it. No, that oh. they're not. That they, children under the age of 10 aren't typically spreading it back to adults. It's the, the adults are spreading it to the children. Uh. That they are finding, for example, one child that, that indirectly was exposed or had it and had been exposed to 102 people and none of them got it. They mm. were able to trace. Huh. And this was a... So adults, which also shows that maybe there's something up with the testing and that's a whole other yeah, yeah. thing is are, are these positives because I'm hearing of people taking multiple tests and it's negative and it's positive and it's right. negative. And it's positive. So, yeah. so this just kind of since then, so then that week, uh-huh. 
by the following Friday, that's when they put us on lockdown. Right. So I was okay with not seeing him at that point Mm -hmm. because we were all kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Even though I was seeing my quote unquote lover. Yeah. At that point, you were like. I was okay with not. I was okay with not seeing him right then. I actually felt like it it felt like a really good thing for me. Right. I felt like I was kind of hunkering down with my children. I didn't have that whole feeling of, oh, am my nights without the kids? Am I going to be seeing him? And there was no FOMO. There was no FOMO. There was no expectation. There was no expectation. I actually felt that my anxiety level around the relationship dipped for a while. Right. Because we all were sort of forced to be present with where we were. Right. 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 Which is amazing. Yeah. Cause everybody short, was feeling. I, I liked that, that originally. Yeah. You, I you had did, no boat FOMO. I did not <laughs> nope. have initially. I had initially some anxiety around what was going on in the world, but anxiety with where I was. No, you I were fine. I you felt fine. Safe. I felt safe. Then. And then, you know, after couple weeks started to be a little odd yeah but they also had not lifted the state at that point right you know and then when they started lifting the restrictions Mm -hmm. which was what like mid april or may no it was may May. like towards the end of april may they started to kind of loosen up they started to loosen up into phase one Mm mm-hmm then they moved us now into phase two, what, two weeks ago or something? Mm-hmm. And the only thing not open, except now it is, was gyms and bars, mm-hmm. you know? And so many bars could still open because they had a hot dog machine. So right. It's kind of like. And he, but he, he was very he reticent to talk still, about it, right? Yes. And, I, and, and when he was, you know, able to kind of like break down that wall at one point he just said I don't talk about it because I don't know I don't know when I'm gonna feel comfortable mm-hmm. but he would a few times call at around seven o'clock and say I was gonna ask you to come over tonight that is so fucked up that's so fucking lame I, I it, that but that it's almost my like he boiling. needed me to sort of say to him okay then I'm coming over but I was hesitant to say that as much as I wanted to see him and go over there because I didn't want to be blamed if he wasn't 100% and felt paranoid for two weeks after I left. Do mm-hmm. you think if you had gone over, he would have made you wear a mask while you did it? <laughs> Seriously. Or would he even touched you? Or wasn't there a talk about fucking in a hazmat suit at one point? <laughs> I was like, I'm getting desperate here. I can order us both one of these. And the zipper's in the front. It's perfect. It's perfect. No, I think that he would have touched me. I don't know if he would have kissed me. Which is kind of a hard... It's a pretty woman. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, except I'm not as pretty as pretty woman. But yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay. And so now... Let, let's get a little bit more context of what is he doing? What's his everyday life look like, yes. you think? Okay. Well, I know what his everyday life looks like because he 
basically tells me. Gives you a play by play. I get a play by play. Well, we played Wars with Friends at like three in the morning because both of us happened to have insomnia at the same time every night. Then this morning, I haven't gotten the breakfast text yet. I have gotten the good morning, but I've not gotten the picture of whatever it is he cooked for himself. Oh my God. Um, if it wasn't raining, he'd probably go outside and water his garden. Um, probably lay in bed for a little while and read all of the amazing news about COVID. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh. Then would he text you articles that he's reading and stuff like that? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm texting him about all the stuff that's talking about how bad it's not, how bad it's not. And he's texting me all this stuff about how bad it is. Then he'll come up with something that is some pressing thing he needs to tell me. He'll call me around lunchtime real briefly because then he's hungry again. So he's got to go cook his lunch. Then he'll send me a picture of his perfect plate of whatever it is he's prepared for himself. Whoa, whoa. Then he'll probably play with some music files for a little while. He'll send me a text around to he's very low on energy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'd also like to point out he's like 50-something. He's 51, but he also has gone now like 32 days without drinking or something. So he is feeling better in that regard mm-hmm. because he's totally clear headed. Like, headed. So he can't blame it. So he's anything. making asinine choices completely sober. Completely sober. Wow. Awesome. I keep saying, don't you want to celebrate and have some Prosecco? Because <laughs> if I can get him to drink two glasses, he'll be like, come on over. Mm. Come on over. Um, then he will most likely be binge watching whatever. Show. Of show or mm-hmm. whatever he was watching that he usually likes to get me to watch too so we can talk about it mm-hmm. which I think is cute I think it's fun I'd rather be watching it sitting beside you dude but mm-hmm. at least there's something there you know shoot hit me up with maybe the second words with friends game <laughs> oh my god around 3 30 ask me about what my kids are doing ask me about what I'm doing um then he will send me a picture of what he ate for dinner or tell me about what he made for dessert and how disgusting he feels and bloated he feels because of all this bad food he made for himself. <laughs> and then he now sort of stays away from me for a few hours between like 8 and 1030 because I think he knows that's that the I'm, witching hour. He knows, he... he knows that I'm drinking. And yeah, you, those and are not know, safe, safe hours to be in contact with you. I, I stay away from to, those two. Hey, it's after 11. I see my wine over there. Let's move on from the coffee. He knows to stay away from me during that time now. I noticed that he used to sort of communicate with me a lot during that period because he figured maybe my children were going to bed or whatever. Right. No, now it's quiet time. Because he's afraid you're going to say, Because he's afraid that I'm going to do what I do by 11 o'clock and be like, you know, man, really sucks that it's going to be another kid-free weekend, no work weekend. Have you said that? Yeah, she has said that. Yeah. And And what does he respond with? Well, can you please tell him the text? Will you read us the text? Well, it's under my words. 
See, I'm totally giving myself away Wait, here. You're texting in your words with friends? We do both. Oh my it's God. It's in a game. We do, yeah. You're communicating about how you haven't seen each other in three months in words with friends. <laughs> well, if we're in the middle of a game, I know that he's he's on it, right? So oh he's, my God. Yeah. You're not going to put this, like, this is totally going to give this away, right? No. This, okay. So this is going to make me depressed again. You can't see me, can you? He's online. Oh, jeez. Okay. Did it send each other some cute texts this morning? So, the other night, I say... You broke down and you're like, I'm going to talk he about... He sends me an XOXO whatever mm -hmm. in the middle of our game. Right. Cute, sweet, whatever. Yes, we're ripe old age of 50 plus. <laughs> I say I'm watching 30 Rock, so I'll probably fall asleep on the couch. It sucks that I won't have the kids this weekend, won't be working, and guessing I won't see you. Sorry for being honest, but it makes me sad. On a positive note, this show legit makes me laugh out loud, smiley face. His response is, it's a good show. Oh, man. <laughs> God. Ouch. And what about him and this pussy-ass behavior do you find attractive? I don't find that attractive. But I mean, like, but you just described your entire relationship with him based on the text that he sends, the morning, the words of his friends, the picture of the food, the picture of the lunch, the mid-afternoon yes, nappy. But that's what like, our relationship is now. But we're in a, what is different about this that people like, that is not what our relationship was up she's until lit, COVID. She's doing what we all do and wishing for the good times. But uh, but the good times and we were, that's not what it's like when we see each other. And I can't blame the entire three months on him. I can blame a little bit at the beginning of it of COVID. I understood he has some underlying health stuff. Mm -hmm. I really, you can't blame people for how they feel, especially we all have kids and people are going to be concerned. I, mean, I talked to our male friend that came over the other night. And mm -hmm. he said, I have to be honest. When I was invited over on Sunday and there were all the kids, he said, I'm not super paranoid about this. But I was kind of like, is that really the place I want to be? Mm -hmm. I don't think. Why are people so afraid of kids when they're. Because they've been told that kids are like little germ factories. <laughs> and that Because kids aren't washing their hands and they're not watching where they put. Like they're not like us. But do you, how many men do you think in the world? And I'm just for all the ladies out there listening. Maybe if you can find a way to hit us back. If you are experiencing the same thing. Yeah. And please send us an email. Yeah. At, what's our email address? Uh, fireluxcreative at gmail.com. Please send us an email. But how many men are putting their fear before their penis? How many men do you yeah. think are doing this? I, you know, it depends on how many men have. I mean, maybe in New York, but I mean, yeah. like in the southern states where, you know, now we're in different phases. Yeah. And, well, like, does he know that the world's open again? Like, do you think anybody's like, hey, buddy. You know, everyone else is living their life again. You can come out. Or do yes, you think but I think that that is the superficiality of a lot of his relationships. I don't think that his friends that he probably texts with all day, his, uh, tons of female friends, right? Mm -hmm. Tons of female friends. They probably don't 
know the extent. They might a little bit because Don't you think clearly, someone's invited him to get a beer or come over for a yes, cookout? Yes. And, yes. and what, I wonder what his response is. I have no idea. Right. Because think about all the people we know. Yeah. He's the only person I know other than my grandfather who is still in a lockdown nursing homes right. situation. Yeah. He's in is, his 90s. He's in his 90s. Big daddy. God, he's amazing. We'll have to have a podcast about him. But <gasps> he's the only other person I know that is not having social contact now. Do, yeah. you, can, do you know anyone else? I don't. I don't. I can't think of anyone no. else. Even friends that I, people I know that have cancer. Right. Or any of those things. Those people are still interacting. Major underlying help. Your mother. My mom. And yeah. she can't control what your dad does, but she's not seeing you. No, she's not. That's true. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's not seeing but you. But she is. But she might be seeing other people. She's not. I think she is literally staying home. And she doesn't like to talk about it either. Yeah. Because it has gotten to a level where people that are in that state. It's like the momentum builds on They itself. are recognizing that it's excessive, but they don't know how to break, out, to of break out of it. Yeah. So we're not just talking about a pussy man that can't do A, B, no, C. No, I mean, it's it's a condition now. I mean, maybe it's like a whole psychosis mm-hmm. with certain... Like COVID-triggered agoraphobia. Yeah. Because I bet you that it is a thing. I imagine when they start thinking about going out in public, they they probably have so much anxiety that they can't get over the hump mm-hmm. to try to make that first move. Yeah. God, yeah. you know what? This would be an awesome business opportunity. What Think about the, it. Like, if we could solve the problem, like help coach people, like bring one person to the house, yeah. like get them down the street, like yeah, get up, like take yeah. them to baby steps to I get them assimilated. I thought you were going to say this would be an awesome idea for a... For a screen. It would also be an awesome <laughs> Let's back idea up. for a screen. Let's back up. We also have more female friends than male friends, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we are not really. I know a bunch of dudes. I'm friends with a bunch of dudes. I talk to them on the regular. Yeah, and I have some dude friends also that are not afraid to see me. Dude, I have I have a main dude friend that like. I don't you got more than a friend. You got a lover <laughs> who ain't afraid to see you. Yeah. So I don't know that it's fair that we say how many men are putting their fear before their penis right now. I don't think that we have enough of a a control group. To, a control yeah. group. To That's why I that. said if people are listening and a lot of women are in the same situation, it would be interesting to hear mm-hmm. their story and how or they're, if they're on it. the side of if they're the agoraphobic and right. they're afraid to see the dude. But I don't I, think it's a. Man. I do think that larger cities probably are feeling more of this. Absolutely. Like New York, this is probably Absolutely. the case for a lot of like I don't want to say young couples, but mm-hmm. couples that aren't really engaged living or together. living together. Yeah. Or, this is probably. Yeah. Like, well, and I've seen some stuff on Facebook just of people that, you know, I wouldn't know what they had been doing, but it said, this is the first time we've left the house in three months. Right. Agoraphobics Anonymous. Like, if we started some sort of help, self-help group for... Even like a website. Yeah. So, what's interesting about this is I really think there are two things going on. Okay. The one part of it is just about, like, the world in general right now and how that affects men in ways that you would think would typically affect women, right? You don't think of men as typically having debilitating anxiety mm-hmm. in situations like this. Mm. You think of women as being the more cautious ones, mm-hmm. right? Like my ex-husband, soon to be ex-husband, restaurants are open. He's taking my kids to wherever every Saturday morning now. He's mm. like all about it. And I'm still the one going, 
you're making them wash their hands, right? You're making them not touch things. You're making them. But how much of your anxiety are you gathering from your partner that is in isolation? I was gathering a ton of it. He's sending you articles every day. Yeah. He's trying to feed your your fear. fear. Well, because I was such a hermit for a while. And then I started going, I'm becoming so depressed in my four walls. And I can't do this anymore. Right. So I started coming here. Yeah. <laughs> breaking out into the open. Right. I peer pressure to you. Friends. But you were still afraid to let him know because you were hopeful that he would want to see you. he would see me. And so you were and like. And that is what one thing that we had gotten in a little thing about recently is he admitted that when I started seeing more people. This happened like last week. This is before this text. I don't oh. know if I told you about that. He admitted that. I was starting to be around more people and admittedly that made him feel more concerned. Mm -hmm. And I said, however, the problem is even when I was hunkered down with my children and not seeing anyone, you you still wouldn't see me. Right. Do you see my point? And he said, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I do. And he didn't apologize for it. The thing about it is I can't blame him for putting anxiety on me. Right. I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. I already have my own anxiety and I'm very, very, very connected to him. So right. I'm going to feel whatever it is, Yeah, but he's not responsible for putting that on me. It's, right. it's that I don't have my boundaries up enough and my you versus me clear. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that going on. There's also the thing going on that, you know, you see women so often stay in relationships because of the way that it used to be or, or how it felt in the beginning. Oh, but he used to like do X, Y, Z. And yeah, that isn't, it's what's going on here, but it's not typical because I have not physically seen him. The last time I saw this man, we had an amazing 24 hours Mm -hmm. together. Then we have a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But you also had a lot of really bad times before that amazing tour. We did, but that was not. You didn't end on that note. No, and that wasn't the majority of our relationship. See, you guys knew about a lot of the bad stuff because we tell each other about a lot of the bad stuff. Right. But you didn't know that I would tell you about one incident in a three-week period. Right. And that the other part of the three weeks every time that we spent together was awesome. Right. And that we... Well, things and cook together. But let's be fair. I mean, I didn't tell you guys about all of the amazing things with my ex-fiance, but as a friend, any one of us, it's kind of like that meme you sent me. Like if, if, if your friend was being treated the way you were treated in your relationship. Absolutely. And we're not talking about typical little fights. No, this is abuse, We're talking about somebody that is an OCD, paranoid. Narcissistic abuser. Mm -hmm. Person. Emotional abuser. That's what he is. Has... He has emotionally abusive tendencies. I don't want to say he is abusive because I don't think that there's enough widespread of that. But it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's okay. Right. But in terms of the relationship, yeah, we're not talking like I'm so focused on the beginning and how it was. This isn't typical. I mean, how many times are we separated from somebody that lives three minutes away from us because of a I global mean, and maybe pandemic. that makes it in some ways more enticing. Like you always want what you can't have. Like, I wonder if, if it would have played its oh, course out. Already. Oh, it made honestly the first six weeks of that. Like it made me 
very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Because yeah. I missed him so much. <laughs> I couldn't touch him. Yeah. You know, I couldn't. And the unavailability, um, definitely. For sure. Yeah. I don't think that I spent my time putting him up on a pedestal during that time or anything like Is that. Is he saying he loves you now? Does he send you I love you texts? We don't know. If he saw me in person now, I think he would. Yeah. Tell me that in person. He's told me he did a few times in person, mm-hmm. but he gets really nervous about it. Here's Kim. Okay. I'll stop recording. Okay. So we had to take a little pause because our friend Special K came. And she and, brought uh, mimosa. We have a little goddess circle, um, and we used to be a lot more active where we'd all get together and meditate and do vision boards or play well, games. What, we, or... what would we call it? The goddess. The dick goddess brunch. Circle. Oh, dick brunch. Dick yes. Brunch. And I used to make pancakes in the shape of penises, especially <laughs> when I was angry and I'd be on the outs with my ex-fiance. <laughs> and I and hate talk that we don't our... have dick pancakes right we now. We can but... make dick pasta for lunch, ladies. That's true. It's 11.30. Oh, your dick pasta. It's almost dick lunchtime pasta. dick pasta for yes. lunch. For old times. Okay. When in doubt, eat a dick. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so back to our, our conversation today is around um, our friend, American Spirit, and um, her current agoraphobic lover. And we were talking about, you know, all the ins and outs with that, and my question is, today, Anna, is the 13th, and you told me last week to hold you to this, that you wanted to set a hard line in the sand, that yes. if he had not invited you to yes. spend time with him by... This weekend. Yes, this weekend. June 13th. Yes. You are going to be done. Well, yeah. I gave myself an ultimatum. Okay, so where are we? Ultimatums don't work. That's true. I was desperate. I was drinking wine heavily that night. <laughs> I was looking for anything and everything to, to pop yourself to up. pop myself yeah. out of this cycle. But again, it's not just about the not inviting me over, okay? He obviously has, at this point, we have clarified. We joke around about it being agoraphobia. I don't think it's agoraphobia. I think that it's more um, COVID phobia. COVID phobia. I think it is debilitating OCD that has come out that he has lived with his whole life. You all have witnessed it with him in business. Right. I have witnessed it with him in the home. We have witnessed it with him in various things. He's descended into the mouth. He has descended into. Basically, if you think about, if you think about, here's an example. If you think about somebody that's um, got bipolar, manic depression, he is in, he's in his um, episode. Mm. And it's, the problem is the episodes aren't just going to go away for somebody that number one, doesn't recognize what's going on and isn't getting help for it. Mm -hmm. He is not. He has said to me, yeah, I'm probably OCD, but I think he says it in a way to deflect or, or to just, I think he yeah. does think he is. I think that he probably, he knows it's extreme, but he is not going to go get help for it. Well, the interesting, because like, he's a man, because men well, don't talk to, he's got more female friends than male friends, mm-hmm. but I don't think those female friends still feel enough of a, 
closeness that... Well, that, what I was going to say is he is an interesting case, and I've, I've met a lot of mostly men like this who are older, who have never been married, mm-hmm. who have had relationships, but mostly they are solitary human beings. They do not have a community that they see regularly. They're, they live alone. They are very used to being alone, and they have no accountability or feedback from their environment. So it's easy to get set in your ways. And I mean, obviously we have some girlfriends that are the same, you know, live alone, but, but well, the pressure K lives alone, but she has yeah. a community. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like women can't do that. Women have to have, I would die. We have to we have, have, community, to have relationships. And we also have these types of conversations with right. each other with in each person. Other. Yeah. And, yeah. And the thing about it is if, I were seeing, what are we going to call him? Um, <laughs> Big C? I don't know. Your lover. Your lover. My lover. If I were I seeing, that, if though. I actually were seeing him in person, I would really feel comfortable talking to him about this right. now. I really would. Yeah. I think that we are. But you don't feel comfortable talking about the fact that he won't see you if you can't see him? Well, the no, problem is, it's, is it's gotten that. so y'all it's have gotten, gotten so much awkwardness. There's so much. It. There's so much it's emotion so, around. It's it. very a tender, tender. It's point. a very tender subject because he knows that he is in it, right. but he doesn't. But don't you see the irony in that? I can't talk to you about not seeing you if you won't see me. Right. Yeah. No, it's a. It's, it's an endless ironic loop. It's a cycle. Yeah. But here is the other point of it. And yet you cannot, this does not go to people we know down the road. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to figure out. But I was thinking about this. He has to start. He's, he does work, but it's only, it's all work that he can only do by Uh himself right now. He has to start working again at some point. Mm -hmm. He can't stretch this out until but does he have to have somebody with him in order to report Think about the stuff? things that right. he does. Right, he'll have to yeah. have a sound yeah. at some point. But how long are you willing to let this keep going? Do you have any sort of idea in your mind? How many more, like, how many months do you think you can keep going? I, she can't predict. I don't think I, you can predict. No, I can't predict. Yeah. So it's a virtual relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. long distance. It's a long distance relationship. With yeah. somebody that lives three minutes from my house door to door. With no end in sight. With no end in sight. Wow. Dude, that is a tough, I mean, emotionally, that is, I, mm. but here's the, the flip side of it. Let's like put aside for a second, how long can I deal with mm-hmm. that piece of it? What really needs to happen here is I need to change the narrative. And focus on myself. Amen, sister. Okay, that's so all of us. Let's stop focusing on the bad about him mm-hmm. and the sad about him because it's bad and sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it, <laughs> yeah. this is you know this is a, a problem. This is a mental problem at this point. Also, this is not just a, I'm being a dickhead, so I'm not going to invite her. Over. Right, right. This is beyond yeah, that. No, is, and it doesn't mean that it's mine to take on. Right, but. It, it I still a feel enough for this person that I'm not 
you have compassion and empathy. Yeah. I, if I were to just end it tomorrow, it would feel very um, anticlimactic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It would be really hard for me. Right. Because it's not a typical scenario where you saw Joe Schmo last week and you got into a rip-roaring fight. Right. And he called you a name and you stormed out of his apartment and said, I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, this is, this, this scenario has so many elements mm -hmm. of varying things. But and also think about you as a person and how, like you are not the person that has a fight and then says, I'm done. You're, you're capable of carrying trauma and dysfunction like a camel for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, Think well, about what you can with what we talked about yesterday. I, I told her that. I was like, you can, you can sustain, 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 <laughs> sustain misery and, and pain but for a long time. I'm not sustaining time. it. This is what you don't understand. I'm sustaining it in the way that you think that pain and misery are sustained. But look at the other parts of my life that are struggling so badly. It, uh, well, we don't mean like sustain as in, I guess, yeah. I mean, you can, your life goes on. You can still operate. Like, it's like I'd be I a would have blown, alcoholic. Yeah, I would have it blown is, my life up at this point. Oh, I would be in the big house. Yeah, totally. I would have, I would have done some crazy whack. I would shit. be adult coloring. What right you now. don't know <laughs> is that the internal, the internal battle feels like I am in the big house, except I am in this life right here. So, but that takes a certain level of, do we want to call it talent? Like, no, do not call it talent. It's a capacity <laughs> to hold suffering. Yeah. And still function. I just, I guess that's it. You, you, you can still function. You can still wash your hair, brush your teeth, take care of your kids. I know you're not doing it to the level that you want to be, but I lit my, I would be rocking in a corner after a couple of weeks of what you have sustained over years, not just with the, the most recent person, but the things that you have experienced consistently for years, I would have gone absolutely bonkers. Well, I'm also an escapist though. So think about right. all of the things that I do on a daily basis that aren't to check out, yeah. to check out. That's how, you sustain mm -hmm. well and for context too um so american, american spirit, spirit she was in um a marriage for years with um i mean god an abusive narcissistic child. yeah he was really really horrible yeah. and we begged for years for her to finally leave him and why did you how did you finally leave him what was it it wasn't a huge fight where you said i'm done with this what was it? How did you because finally do it? I started focusing on myself and I started getting confident that I could live my life without him. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say at some point, it's not about how long I can be with lover boy over here. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's about how do I regroup and start refocusing on myself again. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that builds up my confidence and it decreases my anxiety and it makes me feel more present. And I start taking healthier steps and not with American spirits or wine or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that that will, that will 
take its own shape. So self-love again to the rescue. Self-love again to the rescue. Because if I don't have the courage to just, I mean. Do you feel the same way now though? That like you won't be happy. Like the thing that kept you in your marriage, is that the same thing that is keeping you, not to say stuck, but keeping you connected to this current relationship? I don't think so. Because I think what kept me in my marriage was the fact that I had kids with this person. Like you were kind of over the stickiness of your husband. Like I still felt love for him in a deeper way than I felt love for this person because as bad as he could be, he also is inherently good. Mm -hmm. And I really struggled with that confliction of, I know he's actually really a good person that, has had trauma Mm -hmm. in his life and has a sick relationship with his father and now with his son. And it's sort of like watching history unfold. Doesn't mean I need to stay in it, but I had compassion for it, but I also had children with him. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was afraid of trying to get back into the workforce full time and make enough money and make all of this happen. And and I was afraid of him being even more awful once I left, which Mm -hmm. clearly has happened, but then he goes through phases. Um, I don't think that's what's keeping me with this other person. I don't. Well, we have I don't attachment think any, issues. But it's like, not just it's any deep. one thing. What's wrong with just saying that there are a lot of things I love about that person, whether you understand it or you understand it or you understand it. There's a lot of things that I love about this mm-hmm. person that is keeping me there. It's not just the attachment. I mean, I can't even physically see him. Right. Right. No, I didn't mean it from a place of judgment. I'm just trying to analyze the why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I've been trying to analyze the why. I really believe because you and I are very similar and have similar daddy issues and similar men issues is it it's it's a trauma bond Ellen thinks that I'm unfolding um just to let you know American Spirit goes to the same therapist as Meredith and I so we can edit out yeah um no so what is actually transpiring with lover boy uh-huh um, is probably more, more than ex-husband, more than any other relationship. If you think about all the past boyfriends, mm-hmm. they might've all had some control issues. They might've all had some narcissism. They might've also had some mm-hmm. toxic asshole behaviors. What trans is transpiring here is the closest of me trying to relive my child experience with my father and fixing it Mm -hmm. because the fantasy, it's not just the fantasy. There are things about him that remind me of my father. Right. No, I'm saying the the rescue, the fantasy that you can make the happy ending that he's going to, he's going to, magically change and become what you need and choose you and, choose you and, and everything is going to. And then you to, can heal that little right. girl inside of you where your dad didn't choose right. you. I mean, we've all got that. Right. No matter what our issues are, if we've had trauma in the past, we all have that fantasy that we're trying to relive over and over again with every man that something, you know, they usually all have the same issues that our dads had and that they're going to magically change and then ride in and choose us and make it all better. Well, I, and I told 
you yesterday Mm -hmm. that one interesting tidbit was how symbolic the um, situation is of him staying in his house. Even pre-COVID, if you think about it, there's always sort of that, because I haven't introduced my children to him. We we didn't go in public for a while. Mm-hmm. We only went to his house. It was all sort of like him in his space, right? Mm-hmm. And now with him being in his space all the time and I haven't seen him, it is very, very ironic because the relationship with my father primarily consisted of him locked up in his room. Mm-hmm. And him being there and being in the same house. Was he somewhat agoraphobic? Your dad? He just didn't come out of his room. Why? No, he, you guys knew this, right? Yeah. He didn't come out of his room. But what was his why? Yeah. He was depressed. Just depressed. He was anxious. He had major, he was um, major social anxiety major, too, right? Majorly OCD. He did have social anxiety. He always wanted to make people laugh and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like he, he always had a need. He what was, do you think your dad's uh, personality adaptation was? Was he a charming manipulator? Probably. Because he was really handsome, mm. right? And, and like, actually very charming. I mean, he... Yeah. But he but he would be afraid to be out there with people, so he'd just stay in his room. And so what did that make you feel like as a little girl? You wanted him to come out, right? You wanted him to come out and choose you. And he would come out when he wanted to get something to eat. And then he would go straight back up to his room. And if I wanted to spend time with him, this is until I was like 13. You had to watch TV. Yeah, I had to watch TV. That's exactly what's going on with your guy. Oh, my God. They're connecting on television shows and fucking food. You just said. Have you already put this together? No. Oh, Oh my God. God. Aha moment. Wow. See, dude, I am telling you, we are reliving our father, our relationship with our dads. Unbelievable. Wait, but my ex never took me to the landfill and told me to hold the gun. <laughs> Maybe you need look, a new one look, that does look, that. Look, we've got to have a podcast just about the fucked upness of our dads. Because American Spirit, I'll edit that out. You have an unbelievable dad story. I have a pretty crazy dad story. You have a crazy dad story. Special K has a crazy dad Special story. Special K has a really You crazy. have some really crazy dad stories. Crazy mom stories. Yeah. Too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, that would be a whole. Food and television. And also music. Oh, wow. Because, you know, he he was, he played the guitar. Your he dad used, was He very, used yeah. to open, um, he had a, he would open for, like, Bon Jovi and, like, Motley Crue back in the day in New Jersey before they were big. Like wow. he, you know, he was very, very talented and he had that huge tape collection at the time. Mm. When he would and come down and see you, would he speak to you when he would come to get food or whatever? Yeah, but he didn't sit, like he would, he would eat. He also had two ulcers. He would eat so fast, which I know I eat really fast. He would eat really, really fast. So he would like maybe sit down for a minute. He'd drink milk straight out the jug, go back up to his room. So you you were kind of, I mean, he marginalized you big time from his life. Because he, he literally, like the thing is, is the similarities is he had extreme mental illness mm-hmm. and addiction issues. Mm-hmm. Whereas your the current dude, it, it's this, it's like, 
oh my God, if we could just pop out of our story and see it from an observer that it's not personal. It's nothing personal. It's not, but our egos are so strong that they're like, this is all about you. And as a child though, you don't internalize that is just so much rejection. Yeah. The man was upstairs in his room. I would see him for maybe, if I didn't go watch television with him, I would see him for maybe 30 minutes a day. Oh my God. I was with my grandma, I was with my grandma and my papa. And you didn't live, you never. Papa was at work till he retired, you know, but I went, grandma and I went shopping. Like I, it was almost like a thing when he would emerge from his room. So you're in, like he was quarantining. He was quarantining and he's upstairs. Just like this person is not in Canada, he's three minutes minutes from my house. So similar. You've got to talk to Ellen about this. You do. This is on some AIT. Yeah. Well, she's picked up on the first thing. I think the two little things, little elements that we picked up on now, but she picked up real quickly on the the daddy thing going on, especially with this person. With lover boy. With lover boy. Yeah. That is more similar than with. Mm Mm-hmm. Your ex-husband, yeah. Wow. Because my ex-husband, even when my ex-husband was mad at me, didn't want to be away from me right. for very long. He didn't like, he didn't he, punish you by he he would get over it quick. All the words were spewed and out and they're already there. But like he didn't Then he'd ask you for a blowy. <laughs> but then oh. he'd come give me a hug or like rub, rub my back or right. whatever. There is immediate reconnection. Yes. Physically. So this feels much more yeah like my childhood yeah this is a major major this feels like a very very different thing replay Mm. well i think we uncovered some aha here um i think we're gonna wrap it up yep i think it's time for an american spirit (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys for um tuning in to the uh covid agoraphobia triggered Mm. by covid episode we'll life have on the skids. some life on the skids moments and um tune in again maybe next episode we'll talk about all of our daddy issues but Oof. until then have a great day and um like like meredith said email us if if you have have had a similar experience we'd love to hear about it thanks a lot bye y'all everybody say bye, bye. bye.